Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Good day and welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor. This is Marcelino Dodge back from a little bit of a uh, hiatus, hiatus anyway. And we're at show number 32 and building. Yes, everybody needs a vacation now and then. And after this uh, enduring long tax season, simply stated, I decided to do that. Took a little trip up to Yellowstone Park in Wyoming. Had a wonderful time with my wife. And had a really, really nice uh, time because I really enjoyed, of course, not just the animals, a close encounter with an American uh, bison there, a buffalo. As we all know, I you see those pictures from Yellowstone where people uh, have them close to the road. Boy, that is something that is absolutely true. We had one just a few feet in front of us and a couple of them crossing the road. It was very enjoyable. But another part that I really enjoyed about that was seeing all of the families there. That was just marvelous, seeing families together, which relates back being to the tax guy that I am, thinking uh, about the dependents and all the benefits that the parents get when they can claim have their children tax-wise, which is, of course leads up to what we're talking about, dependents today once again. But I do want to give a big shout-out and thanks to the, to the worldwide listeners, uh, of course, through the U.S., uh, Japan, China, and other countries. Really, thank you for listening to this uh, podcast. Uh, once again, it's just one of those I never really thought of items and the fact that it's like I never figured a worldwide audience. I'd be talking to people around the world, but it is so wonderful. Now, as we go through this topic today about dependence or any of the subjects that we've covered in the uh, prior shows, you're always welcome to email me at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or give me a call. That's 844 844- Three nine four, four two eight seven, and we'll be glad to give you help and help you to know more about exactly what our services are and how we work it and how we help people uh, through a large area and a tax spectrum to maneuver through these uh, dangerous tax waters. Moving on to what we're talking about today, which is exactly what a dependent is, how to fix if denied, and why that is so important. There are so many. Uh, explanations that come in here, and I've talked about this topic before on this show, but with some of the new changes, especially with the American Rescue Plan and the Child Tax Credit in 2021, it's really important to address these issues, especially we've gotten this week, just in the week we're doing this broadcast, uh, some more clarifications and some tools from the IRS on how to do that. And so we're going to clarify once again exactly what a dependent is on your tax return going to look at the special situations that arise and I encounter these uh, throughout the tax season uh, and even outside of tax season of individuals and it comes up we're talking things like divorce and single parent households those kind of deals where it's usually a challenge or can be a challenge when it comes to taxes but we're going to talk about how you can take care of those situations then of course how does having a dependent affect your filing status when you go and file a tax return because you want to make sure that is so correct and once again as I mentioned about the changes on the child tax changes that are existing and as many know there's going to be advances on the child tax credit because of the American Rescue Plan passed back in March but one area that at least I feel is not talked about enough, which is why I'm going to talk about this today, is opting out of those advance payments and why you may want to consider doing that because that's why you need a tax person. That's why I'm here and that's why I endeavor to help people through these situations because there's so much information out there, different opinions, and of course some of this information I give here is my opinion, my professional opinion, and my years of experience of doing this. And so I just want to give you additional information to make a wise choice in that matter, not just go off of what the media is out there saying, which 
I will just say this about the media is that they don't understand taxes. They make these broad claims, uh, and that's really all they do. It's broad claims, and they don't always talk to real tax people. So I always encourage those who listen, you're welcome to contact me, which is why we're here to offer tax services to individuals throughout the United States. Or if you already have a good tax person you're comfortable with, go talk to them. Don't be relying upon what's just printed on the internet or on the media, but find a good tax person that you're comfortable with and speak to them about such of these matters. And next week, in fact, we're going to be talking about doing some planning, which is going to be stressing the importance of having a tax professional that is available year-round to answer these. That's the challenges that you have if you use some of these uh, uh, fly-by-night operations or you use a seasonal place. We're just getting where we really need help year-round, which is why the services we offer are so important to everyone. Jumping right into what we're going to talk about today about exactly who is my dependent. Well, most commonly, of course, that's going to be a child age 18 and under. And so that's what we encounter the most, and that's what's usually the easiest to determine and the simplest. Now, of course, you can have some college age uh, dependents uh, between 19 and 24 who are going to college, and they can still be your dependents as well. Now, Another possible dependent sometimes can be your the parent of the taxpayer, depending on if the IRS tests are met. And there's also other circumstances where it can be a qualified child or qualified relative. When one goes in to determine who is a dependent, there's seven tests that the IRS has. And to qualify as a dependent, all seven of these tests must be met. The first three are usually pretty easy. Is that the taxpayer themselves isn't a dependent and the dependent is a dependent on the taxpayer, of course. The tax, the one you're you're claiming is, is not filing as married filing joint. And of course the one you're claiming is a citizen or resident of the United States. The next four is where it really kind of gets into a challenge for many and oftentimes just one of these often knocks them out. Sometimes it's the relationship which can be of course that's a broad spectrum when it says relationship. Of course that could be son, daughter, niece, nephew, uncle, parent. A lot of relationships in there. Now one key in there in relationship is the child of your girlfriend that is not your biological child. That is not a relationship. And you may be supporting that child, but in reality, that child is not your dependent because you don't have the relationship there, though you may be supporting them. Now, the only way to really do that is, uh, is to essentially marry the mother uh, and then that child becomes your stepchild, and it, it's easy. And we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. Also, residency. Of course, the dependent needs to be in your home 180 days or more. And we're going to talk about some of the challenges that come up with divorce and other situations a little bit later. But yet, residency must be in your home at least six months or more. Then the other area, of course, we're talking about is age, uh, which is, as I mentioned, 18 and younger for most young people, uh, well, for those that you're going to claim. And then if they're going to college and they're a full-time student, then you're talking ages 19 to 24. They can be claimed as your dependent. Now, there are some exceptions when you get into the support test. Now, a support test, of course, has to do with does that dependent provide 50% or more of their support, which well, the vast majority of, of young people don't provide 50% or more of their support. So you can claim them as a dependent on your tax return. Now, how about an adult child that's out of college? You may, you could have all the other six tests met, 
and you can actually meet the seventh test if their uh, actual income is below below a certain a certain threshold that's established each year by the IRS. So, just an example: if you have an adult child that's maybe only made a couple thousand dollars for the year, they could qualify as your dependent for the year. So you can get what they call the other dependent credit for them. So that kind of covers about who basically. That's kind of very broad and very very simple about who is your dependent. Can I can always get into more details at times, but there's circumstances that come up from time to time in my practice and as I visit with other tax preparers where issues come up around who's claiming who is a dependent. Yes, and of course the biggest one is, is if you have children of divorced parents. Now one area that really comes up in this and it's always a challenge, is because the IRS is very specific on this. The IRS guidelines, the IRS rules, are that the parent who has the child in the home six months or more is the parent that can claim the child as a dependent and, of course, claim the child for other credits as well. Now, where the big challenge comes in with divorced parents is that very often county courts will make determinations. Well, this parent, say the mother, can claim the child in odd years. The father can claim the child in even years. And it's written out in the court order like that. But where does the child live? Well, the child lives primarily with the mother. Now, there are the joint custody areas that come up sometimes that, well, he really didn't stay in one house more than the other. It's even custody, this kind of area. In general, no. There is one custodial parent. And you don't go flipping a child back and forth. So it's that's what makes it very, very delicate in those situations. And I always have these conversations with, with ones that say, well, the divorce decree says this. And I'm like, well... If I'm there with the perhaps the custodial parent, whoever the custo- whichever the custodial parent is, I'll, I always explain to them that if your child is living with you, this is what the IRS rules are, regardless of what this divorce decree says, because the IRS rules are very strict on this. And this is what we go by. And I always inform the custodial parent this is what your options are. And because of that, they make an informed decision of how they're going to proceed with their tax return. And with those particular situations there, no matter what the divorce decree says, if the custodial parent has that child in their home, they are head of household. End of story. They also claim their income tax credit. End of story. Now, the non-custodial parent, who's often the one that... uh, is always thinking, well, I, the court order says this, so I can claim this, 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 and this. Well, no, you really can't claim anything. That's what I'm always up front with them. And I always tell a non-custodial parent that I'm working with them, okay, here's a divorce decree. You'll tell me, well, the divorce decree says this. I'm like, well, yes, that's true. I see that. But this is what the IRS requires. And if you're a non-custodial parent, I do not allow you to claim a child unless the custodial parent will sign a Form 8332, which releases the exemption. Well, anyway, now not exemption anymore. That's what the form still says that actually. But it basically allows the, the non-custodial parent to claim the child on their tax return. And without that, you are totally exposed as a non-custodial parent because the IRS could easily come back and say, well, you're not eligible to claim this child. You could send in the divorce decree and say, well, the court says I can. The IRS can go back and say, no, you can't because we don't accept that, especially if it's, let me see, 2009 or later. IRS does not accept that and they will and I will not do a tax return unless a non-custodial parent has that form A332. And actually, I lose a lot of clients over it, but I'm not going to put my license on the line, and I'm not going to put a client on a potential line. In fact, I, I know of cases where ones have done that. Now, 
when ones go and do that, though, they are putting themselves at risk. At risk of penalties, interest, and payback. Yes, the IRS does take money back. They will demand money back if it's determined that you have claimed a dependent on your tax return that you shouldn't have claimed. So then this is an area that I encounter a lot in my practice. In fact, I've had a couple times this year where, and it's a case of divorced parents, where one of the parents thought uh, they could claim it. And this was someone, an individual who did not do it. They, I, don't, I don't know where they did it, but they finally come back saying this child had been claimed on another tax return for as a dependent. And this child had been claimed for the earned income tax credit as well. And I'm like, well... We can fix this. It's going to take time, but you can fix that. And that's what we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes when we come back and discuss even more about this important topic about who is my dependent, how can I fix things here, on the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Each year you file taxes, save money, spend money, and run your business. You try to educate yourself and manage as much as you can on your own. But no matter how hard you search, trying to find the solutions right for you can lead to frustration and burnout. The traditional tax filing and bookkeeping approach no longer works. In a perfect world, the tax professional would work with you throughout the year so you have more time and energy to do the things you love. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial believes you should focus on your job and have a partner to support you to take care of everything else. That is why we developed our personal success and business success bundles. Our clients achieve better results because we focus on more than just tax and bookkeeping stuff. We start with a no-cost mutual exploration meeting to determine if our success bundles are right for you. To schedule your free mutual exploration session, call 844-394-4287, email success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit cashtracksfinancial.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. I appreciate you tuning into the program today as we're really helping to clarify about dependents and special situations, as well as the advanced child tax credits that are going to begin here in the month of July. Right before the break, we were speaking about helping a custodial parent claim their their child that lives with them, child or children that lives with them, even though perhaps the non-custodial parent uh, incorrectly claim them on a tax return, which that is that is a sad thing that happens, but it does happen because sad part about it is children become like dollar signs to some parents. That's honestly how I feel about it, is that all they see is dollar signs with their children. They don't really see the child and taking care of the child. Now, in instances where you get an e-filed tax return back, that says this child's been claimed on another tax return as a dependent or for their income tax credit. If that's not correct, uh, 
and your tax preparer says, well, there's nothing you can do about it, well, that tax preparer needs to go back to school because I have been fixing these things for years. Now, it does take time to fix it now when you do it, but when you work with the IRS and just say, hey, IRS, I'm mailing in this tax return, which is what you have to do. You have to prepare the tax return. Just do it as if we were going to electronically file it, but mail it in. Now, what we do is we mail in documents with it, and I explain this to every custodial parent or or any time as this situation arises, we always send documentation proving that this child, this is where this child lived. This is who the custodial parent of this child is. We send in those documents, and every time, the parent who has the right to claim that child for the various tax credits gets those tax credits. Now, what happens with the one who claimed the child falsely, I don't know, but I do know that they get bills from the IRS saying, you know, you claimed this credit, you claimed this dependent, you are not entitled to. So now we want our money back. And that can end up haunting them for a long time. So yeah, so basically you can claim your dependent. Now, of course, the other part that goes with this, making sure that is correct, has to do with our child tax credits that we're talking about for 2021 in a little bit. That's another exact reason why you need to get this correct. And if you haven't gotten it straightened out, if you had a tax preparer tell you, well, there's just nothing you can do about it, well, you need to find one that can help you to fix it because it can be fixed. Now, another dependent real quick could be a parent. could be you as the taxpayer. You're living with a grandparent. and the grandparent of your child, and that can get a whole big sticky situation as well, uh, depending on who earns what amount and these kind of things. There's a whole list that I have to go through, that I will go through when I look at uh, these potential situations uh, in, in IRS publications, which gives all, a whole bunch of situations a parent lives with grandparent and who makes the amount of money, who took care of the child, all these kind of areas, all or all these questions have to be answered. There's just too many of them to go through at this time, but that's a possibility there. Of course, if you have a disabled child, that child will always be your dependent as you, as that child grows and you take care of that child. That child is always going to be your dependent, so you're going to be able to claim that child as a dependent, and if you qualify, you can also get the earned income tax credit for that child. You have a, a child going to college, ages 19 to 24, a full-time student. You can still claim that child as a dependent. It just really varies on that depending if the child has gotten where they are uh, working, which many many young people work in college. That's great. Uh, but did they provide 50% or more of their support? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. That's where good communication between the parent and their college-age student needs to exist. And I always recommend... In that case, that the parents and their uh, college-age student always speak, keep on good speaking terms, and if possible, get their tax information all together. Bring all their tax information to one party. One of the big challenges I see with uh, young people in college is that they'll get their W-2, they'll go and file their tax return at one of the free sites online, and... Many times they could have been claimed by their parents, and in many cases it would have been better off if they'd have been claimed by their parents, but they jumped the gun. And so I encourage parents, you have a college-age student, talk to them ahead of time about these things, try to get all the information together, bring it to your uh, tax person so that overall the best situation can be figured out. And many times... uh, if, it's, if uh, the college student has an income below a certain amount, it's usually much better for the parent to claim them. It's just one of those situations. And as I talked about, because I talked about being, if a child was claimed on another return. Now, I've talked about this, I talked about this a little bit, and I've had this question come up. Well, my girlfriend lives with me, uh, I take care of her, I take care of her child. 
uh, can I claim them? Well, you you can claim, well, the girlfriend has another dependent and the child has another dependent. Some try to say, well, it's their stepchildren. Well, in a sense, they are, but not from the IRS and legal standpoint, that child is not, unless you're actually married to your girlfriend. Uh, and so, and I, I, I encountered this a few years back, and I just tell them, no, I'm not going to do it that way, because we cannot prove a connectual relationship between that that child that is not your biological child. And so it's just, don't go there, either get married or do something, but you need to be able to do that to do it legally, at least the only way that I deal with it. So then, of course, to claim your child, uh, you, need to, you need to make sure that you have all the proper documents. Like even uh, current clients and all new clients a few years ago, Basically, I need I go things like I want birth certificates, which is standard, just to make sure you know that's your child. I understand that, but I need to have these documents on file just in case. And so we always have these files in case, and then other necessary documents that show that indeed there is a a familial relationship here in the family, and that they're claiming who they say they are. Now, where this really gets tricky is sometimes ones are taking care of nieces and nephews and those kind of areas. In some cases, it's very legitimate, and it should be taken care of appropriately. But in other cases, it's it's not. And oftentimes, uh, I can get those ones figured out because I lose them because I ask questions. I say, what's going on here? What's going on here? Do you have this document showing you have custody. What do you have that shows that this this young person or this child has been in your care? Uh, because there's there's a whole <clears throat> there's a whole form that I got to fill out as a tax professional saying that I did due diligence in pursuing this. And many of the questions I ask are the ones that are right on the form. Can you provide documents? And so you got to provide those documents. And there's another form that has all the list of documents from uh, school records to doctor records to also, like utility bills uh, and birth certificates, like I mentioned, are already included on the document. So these are all areas where you got to do it and very important. So make sure that you always have these documents available because the IRS does these random audits and it, you may do everything right and they still may do it. I've had that happen. So now when you're claiming a dependent, also we think about filing status. And this is interesting because if you perhaps have released the claiming of a exemption or a claiming of dependency of your child to perhaps an uncustodial parent for the year, which some do that, and that, that's okay. It's just an individual taxpayer decision. Even though you're not claiming that child as your dependent, but that child is in your home, you would, you would still be head of household. And then, of course, if you claim the child, you would be head of household. And there's other circumstances and other qualifiers that could have you as head of household as well. Now, of course, then if uh, you have dependents and you're married, you're either filing married, filing joint, or married, filing separate. Now, we keep in mind that if you do married, filing separate, there are certain credits that do not apply if you're married, filing separate. Married, filing joint, you just get everything. So just make sure that everything is just lined up well. And then another one, I live with my parents. Well, once again, you may live with your parents, but who pro- do you provide 50% or more of your support? That's what it comes down to usually in, all, in those circumstances. That, and that's usually of the IRS uh, qualifications to be able to claim someone. That's usually the one that knocks ones out more so than anything is uh, 50% or more of their support. How much do they uh, support? Now, there's an exception on that for full-time college students, but still, got to be careful of that. But got to watch the residency, the age, all of those areas when trying to claim a dependent on a tax return. As I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons I brought up this topic again about dependency and claiming dependence on a tax return is because of the American Rescue Plan. It made major changes for 2021 only, and in particular to the child tax credit. And these are changes that 
everybody, I mean, you decide whether it's good or bad, but these are changes that I will be explaining between now and next tax season to everybody that has a question and everybody that comes up, my clientele, both existing and any potential new clientele. Now, one of the biggest changes on this tax in this, which is something I had been dealing with for a long time, is that they actually gave parents another year for uh, the child tax credit. So for 2021 only, if your child is age 17 or under in 2021, you get the child tax credit. Now we keep in mind the amounts, which this also confuses the, the matter a little bit, is that if your child is age five or under, you get 3,600. If your child is age six to 17, you get 3,000. The biggest change on this, at least in my opinion, is the fact that these are now fully refundable. Before, they were not fully refundable. Now they are fully refundable for 2021 only, just based on the current law. Now, an under, at least in my mind, an under-discussed part of it, which is still murky for many taxpayers, is this advance that they're going to start. And it's actually these payments start going out July 15th, which is why is it so important for you to have your tax return accurate, is because they're going off of information for 2019 or 2020. So if you're one of those individuals that has not yet filed your 2020 tax return, that needs to be done like yesterday for these credits. Especially if you had a child that was born in 2020 to make sure you get this advanced credit. If you're wanting to get the advanced credit. See, that's the other part about it too, which I'm going to talk a little bit about is that maybe getting the advanced credit isn't the best thing for you. That's certainly something that each person needs to and each taxpayer and family needs to decide is it right for them now just to kind of give a little bit of notice on this the half okay they're giving half of it in advance starting july 15th with payments july 15 july through december now when are these going to be done well right around the 15th of every month they're going to be done either through direct deposit or they're going to send individuals a check. Now, to qualify for this is, of course, you got to have your main home in the U.S. for over six months, which vast majority of taxpayers, that is, that's going to be true for the millions that qualify for this credit. The IRS is going to use the information that is from the tax return, that's from the 2019 or the 2020 tax return and they're going to just automatically enroll you. So basically, if you have a qualifying child with a valid social security number, you're automatically enrolled in this. Whether you want it or not, we're just we're just going to give this to you. So that's that's what you got to decide. Is that working for you or not working for you? I don't know, but you just got to be aware that's just going to happen. So if you get a check or you get a direct deposit suddenly, on July, around July 15th, that's, you were just automatically enrolled. Now, where the confusing part gets in this, which is make it challenging for us as tax professionals, which also probably will raise the rate a little bit and what tax professionals charge, is that this is another item that's going to have to be back and reconciled on the 2021 tax return that we're going to prepare in 2022. So then it's like, what? Government's sending me this money and now I got to report it on my tax return? Well, guess what? Yes, it has to be reported. Now, what I recommend as professionals, I recommend you keep track of these payments. Now, the IRS is supposedly going to send out, I always say supposedly because we don't know 
we don't know how it's actually going to work, but uh, you're going to get a notice in January 2022 with the amount that was advanced to you. It's a form or letter 6419, which that is hopefully going to help people. But be in mind that these amounts do need to be reported. Now, we're going to discuss here in just a bit about why that's got to be reported and potential paybacks as well as ways to opt out if you do not want these payments. And we'll do that as we return in just a couple minutes here on the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Each year you file taxes, save money, spend money, and run your business. You try to educate yourself and manage as much as you can on your own. But no matter how hard you search, trying to find the solutions right for you can lead to frustration and burnout. The traditional tax filing and bookkeeping approach no longer works. In a perfect world, the tax professional would work with you throughout the year so you have more time and energy to do the things you love. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial believes you should focus on your job and have a partner to support you to take care of everything else. That is why we developed our personal success and business success bundles. Our clients achieve better results because we focus on more than just tax and bookkeeping stuff. We start with a no-cost mutual exploration meeting to determine if our success bundles are right for you. To schedule your free mutual exploration session, call 844-394-4287, email success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit cashtracksfinancial.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to this uh, segment of the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Certainly appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, as we're talking about these advanced child tax credits starting here in July of 2021. Yes, this is going to be an interesting uh, last part of the year. Yes, these advanced child tax credits that I was talking about before the break, uh, you're going to be receive a letter, 6419, in January 2022, with the amount that was advanced to you. Now... You're like, why am I getting a letter? Well, it's because those advance amounts have to be reconciled on the 2021 tax return. And it's like, well, wait a minute. They got to be reconciled? I mean, isn't this a tax credit? Well, maybe your situation changed in 2021. I mean, many people are going back to work. Their incomes could be very different than they were in 2020 because there is actually a payback potential with this advance credit, which is a part that scares me with a lot of taxpayers. Because if you're uh, married, filing joint, and make more than 120000 or head a household, make more than 100000 or single or married, filing separately, and make uh, more than 80000 you do not have repayment protection. There is... Under those amounts that I mentioned, there's a payback protection of a $2,000 per qualified child of 
excess advanced child tax credit you pay, you, you receive. But if you make more than, more than those amounts and your income perhaps goes up, which for many people it potentially could, uh, your adjusted gross income, you could have the potential of having to pay back all of the advanced child tax credit. Which then leads into the part here, well, wait a minute. If I have the potential to have to pay this back as I look at my information here, do I really want to get this advanced child tax credit? Well, you know, that is a very good question. Unless I actually speak to you, I can't tell you for your individual situation. But what I can say is that it is not being talked about enough that ones can actually opt out of this because all the information going out is basically saying, oh, these payments are coming out. Oh, they're going to be great, all this stuff. But you actually have an option to unenroll. And actually, as the week we're doing this, uh, this recording here, the IRS actually came out with a child tax credit update portal. I was wondering if they, when they would have this out, but you go to irs.gov, there's a child tax update portal. Now, there's a lot of different uh, areas you can do in this portal. And of course, one of them is to opt out of receiving these advanced child tax credits. A good thing to keep in mind is with these, with this portal, is that if you're married, both you and your spouse must opt out of these payments if you don't want to receive them. Now, if you go in and, because like the deadline to do this initially is June 28th, to opt out of them entirely. If you miss that deadline by chance, well, you may get one payment. But, but you decide, you know, I don't want any more payments. Well, you, you can still opt out for the remainder of the year, which after you visit with, a, with your tax professional or if we sit down and we look over your particular situation, you say, you know, this is not a good deal for you uh, with our services. We can opt out. You can still opt out between now and the end of the year. And the question comes up also, well, what if I have a new child in 2021? I looked, at least, and I looked, and I could not find an answer to that question. What I would suggest, though, is that there is a on that in the child, there's a qualification portal, IRS, uh, where you can go in and check with the IRS, which on the child tax update portal, and maybe see if there's something on there, because I haven't gone on there yet or checked it out, but maybe you can enter in and start getting it, getting the advance. Otherwise, you can just take the full credit on your 2020 tax return when you file. So then why would a person perhaps want to opt out of getting the advanced child tax credit. Well, it could be one, you just don't want it and you don't need it. And you actually have a preference of just uh, getting it all when you file your tax return. If you have that preference, then go in to the child tax credit update portal and opt out of those payments. Because you don't want your tax return to be affected. Because many people's tax returns will be affected. Because so I work with a lot of different people. And, and with the income amounts it's talking about here, you may or may not need it. But if you're, get, if you're content with a certain amount for the year and you're used to a certain amount, and you, anyway, all part of your planning, then yeah, don't go in and opt out. There's no reason you have to take it. If your income changed, income is changing, which there could be individuals whose income actually changes for 2021 as compared to 2020. And so that would be a good reason to go in and say, nope, 
I don't want these payments. I'm going to opt out of these payments because my income is changing. And if it's going above the thresholds that I mentioned, uh, particularly 120000 if you're married, filing joint, or 80000 single, or 100000 head of household, if your income's going to exceed those amounts, then yeah, you need to go in and opt out because you could end up having to pay that back or at least a portion of it back depending on what the circumstances are. So it's just food for thought, which to me is not being talked about near enough is that perhaps the need to opt out. And that would be actually my, if I had a blanket advice I was putting out, I would just tell everybody opt out. Just, just don't mess with it. Just opt out. Let's take care of it at tax time. And another important reason why you may want to opt out is simply because someone else is going to claim the dependent that year, particularly this is comes back to the divorced parent situation here. If perhaps you're the non-custodial parent and you claim the child and perhaps you did it right and if your tax professional worked with you and said this is how you do it, you do it right. As that non-custodial parent, if you're not going to claim that child for 2021, you need to go in and opt out of these payments, like right away. That way you don't get hit at tax time with, oh, you know what? You have to pay back because you got this advanced credit. Don't mess with it. That's a whole, that's again another reason why I would say anybody who has a dependent on a tax return, at least that's my advice, is my blanket advice is just Go in, opt out, because I already see happening come tax season after 20 plus years of doing this business, it's going to be, it's going to be a nightmare for some, and some are going to have an unfortunate tax bill, and so I definitely recommend that you, you opt out, at least that's my advice. Now, just a tidbit here, if you have someone who perhaps is a non-filer and maybe you don't have it maybe you are a non-filer you haven't filed in years uh, for whatever the reason may be the IRS launched a tool for you if you're a non-filer and you have dependents and you can be eligible uh, for this credit there to go in and enter the information in uh, for yourself through that non-filer tool and get this advanced child tax credit. Now, if you haven't filed your 2020 tax return yet, we'll step back on this here. Uh, and if for some reason you're, uh, uh, you're going to have a while to file, who knows why? I mean, because we got till October 15th to file. If you file an extension, maybe there's extenuating circumstances you have. I don't know. You can use this non-filer tool as well to put in the details. Now, this would be vitally important if you had a new child in the year 2020. You would need to go in and do this to make sure that you can get that advanced credit. So, but keep in mind uh, that you need to do this in a very timely manner. So if you've not required to file a return, use this non-filer tool. If you're not going to be required to file a 20, if you filed in 2019 and not required to file for 2020, then you use the tool. Of course, you would also file if you want to claim the recovery rebate credit, which that's a whole other uh, discussion of the nightmare that has caused this tax season. Now, keep in mind, if you do use a non-filer tool, of course, you need your name, address, email, birth date, social security number, bank account. Now, in the child tax credit update portal, as I mentioned, you'll be able to go in and opt out there for those payments. Reminding, once again, if your parents married, filing jointly, both taxpayers have to go in and opt out. To make sure you don't get it. Also on this credit, keep in mind, it's if your child that's age uh, turns up to age 17, you're going to receive this credit. And these advanced payments, keep in mind, under 
current law, and as of the date of this broadcast, it's only for 2021. We don't know if it's gonna what's gonna happen going forward, but this is only for 2021. So yes, the advanced child tax credit and your dependency is vitally important to make sure you have your dependency for those who are you claiming, especially those ones 17 and under, that you have that correct on your tax return. And if you filed your tax return for 2020, or if you are going to file your tax return, this is actually a correction, you are not to use the non-filers tool. What you need to do is just get your 2020 tax return filed like right away to make sure that that uh, tool gets uh, uh, calculated correctly. Or, as my suggestion just is, do not get the payments. Just go in to the IRS Child Tax Credit Update Portal and opt out. Just keep it simple for yourself for the rest of the year. Certainly a vital topic for all of us to consider you have further questions you want to discuss this more, you can give me a call at 844-394-4287. You can email me, Marcelino Dodge, success at cashtracksfinancial.com. You can always uh, learn more about our custom process that helps you achieve personal and business goals faster. We have a free discovery session we have with all clients to really discover if our program is for you. And again, you can visit our website, cashtracksfinancial.com, and schedule such a session. We are so thankful that you listened to today's program and will continue to discuss important topics for you as the taxpayer on how you can save taxes, how you can get the proper credits, how you can fix tax problems when they happen to make sure that you pay as little tax as possible. I will look forward to speaking to you again next week. That's next Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Again, thanks for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week.